welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Cavern of Secrets. It is me, your host, Lauren Mitchell. Uh, we were on a wee bit of a break, but you know, it's the summer, summertime, summertime sadness. Is that a good impression of that woman whose music I've never really listened to except for that one song? Um, I was going to call her Lena Dunham, but it's Lana Del Rey. That's right, right? That's okay. Honestly, has anyone ever seen Lena Dunham and Lana Del Rey in the same room together? Probably. You probably have. <laughs> it's probably not a pokeroo kind of situation. Do I need to explain pokeroo to our American viewers? I'm not going to. You all have Google. That was one just for the Canucks. You know, you guys, I don't know if I'm just getting old or if it's just really hot outside. But I don't think I ever want to talk to anyone about, like, music or, like, art ever again that, like, doesn't know me like that. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You just get caught in all these conversations with people that are so binary. Honestly, the most boring, boring way to talk about art is, like, this is objectively good or it's objectively bad because it's literally impossible for something to be objectively good or objectively bad. And I have to say, like, I will fully admit here to you on this podcast, into this mic, that I spent 10 years of my life, like, proudly being mainly a music snob, but probably, like, also an arts and culture snob, where, like, I legit was like, well, I have, like, good taste and good opinions, and I know what's good and what's bad. And, like, other people, if they agree with me, they also are like that, or, like, they don't, and they have bad taste, which is, like, a very bad and dumb way to walk through the world. Let me tell you from personal experience. How does art make you feel? That's a more interesting conversation because then we're having a conversation about overlapping aesthetics. And a lot of times when something is good or when something is bad, it's like there's also like a monetary, like capitalistic value placed on that. Which I think is like, of course, like the antithesis of art, like says someone who like tries to make money off doing creative things. But <laughs> that's either here nor there, right guys? I think what's valuable about art is that our aesthetics can always change. Like, I probably don't need to go to the Vans Warped Tour anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? But it's not that I'm saying that, like, bands that play on the Vans Warped Tour are inherently bad. Like, everything has artistic value. I think that's, like, the beautiful part about engaging with art, you know, is that, like, I went to university and got a literary degree and everyone was like, oh, the canon, the canon, it's important to read Shakespeare, it's important to read the romantics, and it's important to read all these people. And it's like, okay, but like, the canon is based off of like, heteronorm, patriarchal, racist thought process. We need to question that now. We need to question how that makes us feel. We need to question how that affects our values, how that affects our politics, how that makes us feel about our values and our politics. I'm not even saying like tear down the old canon and build a new canon. Just like 
let's stop talking about stuff as inherently good or inherently bad and talk about how it makes us feel. That's what I'm interested in. There was like an internet thing yesterday where people were sort of fighting over like Drake or Eminem, like who's better, like who's the bigger misogynist. And you know, let's be real. It's misogynistic undertones to a lot of music. <laughs> it's misogynistic undertones to a lot of Drake songs, and a lot of Eminem songs, but like, I don't know. It's like, if you wanna go home and listen to Eminem, like that's fine. Like maybe call your mom and like figure out what's going on there or whatever. But like, I don't think that makes you like a bad person or it makes you wrong or it makes you right. Like, I just think it makes, that's like what your taste is then. Eminem makes you feel a type of way. Maybe he makes you feel nostalgic. That's what you listen to when you want to feel angry. That's cool with me, you know? I think our friends in Ray Srimmerd had it right when they said, I ain't got no type. <laughs> Bad bitches is the only thing that I like. Art, you know? What you like is going to be your bad bitch. Does that make sense? I don't know. Do I ever make sense? <laughs> it's questionable whether I ever make sense. You know what I'm saying? Our guest on today's episode is amazing. She's a friend of mine, so I think this makes her my third friend in the studio. And it just so happens that this friend of mine, uh, Anupa Mystery, is a fuck powerhouse. Uh, she's been writing for 10 years, so writer, journalist. She is one of the senior editors for the Fader Canada arm. She's just an all-around fucking amazingly smart, insightful, and very funny. And you know what? I'll throw stylish in there too because Anupa's got style for fucking days. Um, wonderful woman. I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation. Uh, we get into some real local Toronto-type business, but you all like that, right? I truly hope you enjoy this episode uh, with Anupa Mystery. Check out all of her work. We will link to some of it in the show notes, I am sure. Uh, enjoy. Sometimes when I travel abroad, I come back and I need to eat everything that like, even if it's like two days, I'll be like, I really miss, I really miss ketchup chips. Oh, I need ketchup chips. Honestly, it's kind of a tragedy that other people can't get ketchup chips. Yeah. When I first heard that they didn't have them in America, I was like a teenager and I was like, pardon? <laughs> what? You don't have the most basic flavor? You know what I mean? It is the most basic flavor. Because like, I'm not actually a huge ketchup as an actual condiment fan, but ketchup chips are the extreme jam to end all jams. How do you feel about all dressed? All dressed, especially Ruffles all dressed. Is there any other kind? When you get the ones where they're like, the seasonings like really oh, in the fuck. ridges. <laughs> that shit is so good. Oh, That's why the only ketchup chips to eat are like um, PC brand loads of ketchup. Yes, those ones are so good. So fucking ketchup-y. Oh my God. <sighs> I once so got the Heinz brand. The like Heinz put uh, out like a, and I, they were not as good. They were, like, bad. I was like, well, I got to go back, to Because I also like the Lay's ketchup because I think they do a good, but. But the loads of ketchup has the rich. Yeah, that's, that's the that one. And that captures all the flavor. <laughs> Honestly. Their valleys all, of flavor. All chips should be ruffled chips, probably. Yes, I agree with that. 
Honestly, the chips course, I love it. <laughs> the chips, chips course, course is my favorite. Just change it to a chips podcast. It's <laughs> a good idea. Shit. We should have... start a subsequent podcast about don't, chips. Don't put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can get some fader money to have a chips podcast. And then we can just interview rappers about what kind of chips they like. Is that a good business idea? That's a fucking excellent <laughs> business idea. Thank I you. have a sales meet- meeting with the sales guys tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, can't you find sponsors? Well, you know who has money? Chips have money. Yeah, big chips. Yeah, yeah. The, lo- the big I'm chips I'm going to be lobby. in bed with big chips. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, wow. Sounds like the most erotic date I've ever heard of. <laughs> and then also, whoa. Okay, I just had a stroke of genius. Okay. For our subsequent podcast where we interview rappers about what kind of chips they like, the theme song can be Big Chips. Remember the R. Kelly and Jay-Z song? Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, R. Kelly's known trash, but... Yeah, could... that I would not want to encourage. You can't, like, co-sign that, but that's, like, the perfect song. Yeah. My head was going to, like... A soca song because a lot of the lyrics involve chipping, which is <laughs> a march, yeah, a jaunty march. Um, soca music lends itself well to jingles, I must say. Yeah, that is true. And when you go to Trinidad during carnival, or maybe it's all year round, I've only ever been during carnival season, you'll like go and I'll be like in the car with my friend and we'll be listening to the radio. And like, like KFC is very big down there. Mm-hmm. And so the KFC ad will be like a soca song, like their jingle will be like, "Oh my god, that's Fried amazing!" Chicken. Like, <laughs> and you're wow. like, you just like you think you're like listening to the DJ mix, but then you're like, "Wait, this is an ad for KFC." You're like, "When are we gonna hear this song in the club?" Your friend's yeah. like, "Uh, this is an advertisement like, for Whoa. chicken." <laughs> Delicious like, song. I wish jingles were cooler here. Jingles are all bad here. I mean, there's some classics. Well, yeah. Don't make me sing them. <laughs> I, do you know what? I actually can't believe, it made me really mad when it came out recently that Pusha T was the one who wrote the I'm Loving It uh, jingle. Right, yes. I was yes. like, oh, Justin Timberlake. I know. Out here for all these years. Just taking, taking all the credit. Yeah, taking passive aggressive credit. Yeah. It's a testament to Pusha T's character that he's just like, he got that check. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, get the McDonald's check and walk away yeah. and make people. Well, maybe yeah. not get. I mean, like, I feel like McDonald's money is evil, but. Yeah. But also, all but money I'm, is evil. Yeah. If I'm not out here saying I wouldn't take McDonald's <laughs> money. <laughs> you're like, please leave please the podcast. Don't, yeah. Please don't put it on the air that I wouldn't take McDonald's money because hell yeah. I, I would think take this that whole McDonald's episode money. is going to be about getting you some kind of. Yeah. Sponsorship, yeah. whether it's Tim Hortons or McDonald's or, or Big Chips. Or Big Chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some they, pretty good ideas. Yeah. So far. You know, what do we, what do you need an MBA for this shit? I don't think so. You just need to be. Does anyone really need an MBA? No. Uh, <laughs> for sure, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love, no, that's not true. I was just say I'd love to get an MBA just so I could tell people that I had one. That's the point of getting an yeah, MBA. Yeah, that is the, that's it, right? <laughs> I could probably just put on LinkedIn that I had an MBA. People and then, like, you. you would endorse me for business. And people would be like, wow, this is. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I would endorse you for, too. <laughs> business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always surprised when I go on LinkedIn and I, which is not very often, mm-hmm. but I go on and I like to, like, check in every now and then. Yeah. And the things that people have endorsed me for are just, like, very specific. And I'm yeah. like, 
Business is what I would endorse a person for. Yeah. They're good at business. <laughs> People are always like, Lauren is good at blogging. I'm like, I've never had a blog. Like, yeah. never. Not once have I had a blog. This is, like, I think it's, like, if you're under the age of, like, well, now I'm now I'm going to age myself. Yeah. If you are a millennial, yeah. let's, let's just say that. Yeah, you know, we're top-end millennials. Yeah. Uh, if you are a millennial, your skills are blogging. Yeah. Like, default. Blogging. Um, social media. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's the thing people always, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't even link to my Twitter on here. So how would you really know that I was good at social media? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't want anyone in my professional life to know I have a Twitter account. <laughs> one thing, one category I would like to see added to LinkedIn, like blogging, social media, and then like another category or another skill I would like to be endorsed for is taking flattering Instagram photos. Yeah. Actually, though, it's a real skill. It is a real skill. It's a real skill, and it's a, you know, it is. It involves personal branding. It's mm-hmm. about marketing. It's a, I think, a commodifiable skill. You are good, also at you're good at selfies, and you're good at taking pictures of other people, which is like the real <laughs> wave because everyone has to look good. Yeah, and like pretty much every time I take a picture of a group of people, it's like it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's so bad. But, like... I get mad when people don't know how to, like, take good photos. Like, I was at a party on Thursday with my friends at, like, Cabana Pool Bar. Mm -hmm. um, My usual Thursday spot. very glam. And we were, like, so it's on the lake, and you can see, like, the whole city skyline Mm -hmm. in the back. And me and my friends like, yeah, like, we need to take a picture. We look great. It's this beautiful skyline. Like, weather's great. And so we ask a guy to take our photo. And we were recreating a photo from last year, mm-hmm. um, and when we took that photo, say, this thing happened where the guy just, we were like, step back, get the skyline <laughs> in, like, you know, like, don't, like, zoom in on our faces and stuff. It was just a terrible photo, but we published it anyway, and then I was like, okay, like, we need to get a better version of that photo, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a terrible photo once again, again, and I'm just like, don't ask any men to take any no. photos ever. I always ask, like, if I have a picture of someone, I'm always like, Gee, is it cool if I, like, post it? If you don't think that you look good, I will. I would never. You know what I mean? I definitely don't ask, but also that's because I'm confident yeah. in my skills <laughs> and abilities. So I think, like, a good thing that has happened to me in the last two years has been, um, you know, when someone takes a photo of you and they're like, do you want to see it? Like, mm-hmm. that is the default thing. Now I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. I don't need to see it. Yep. Honestly, I'd rather not. I'm just like, just... If you like it, you yeah. like it. I'm yeah. going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to like not allow me to go on the internet looking like a troll. <laughs> um, and even if I don't particularly like this photo, it's fine. It's one photo. Yeah. Yeah. Please like refer to my Instagram account for all the yeah. fire selfies. I wanted to talk to you about Fader Canada and how that's going. That's chill, right? We can have that conversation. Yeah, we could have that conversation. I mean, yeah, it's chill. Yeah. It's really chill. Yeah, I guess I'm mainly intrigued. So, like, did they approach you and they were like, we want you to be the, like, is this confidential? You sign an NDA? but. No, you don't talk about it? I don't know. That's okay. uh, Maybe I just feel self-conscious saying that they approached me and I didn't, I don't know. Because you're popping and you're an amazing journalist that's been working for 10 <laughs> years and you deserve literally every opportunity that sure, you get. Sure, yeah. I mean, it was a interesting and weird time. 
And I was like working at Q, which was good, but it was like very apparent to me that there were other things that mm-hmm. I like needed. Like I wasn't, I just wasn't getting. The great thing about working at Q was like, like learning like a new different skill set. Mm-hmm. But there were definite things that I just like wasn't getting out of it. And I was like, I'm like 30. I'm not like 21 and figuring figuring it out. Yeah. And I kind of have to like push through a couple of rough, rough patches. Like I'm 30, like I know what I want yeah. and what I'm good at and yeah, what I want for myself. And then the fader opportunity kind of came came to me and it was like a no-brainer. It was like here's an opportunity to do the work that I want to do, which is like tell stories, um, but specifically to do to do the work that I want to do here, which mm-hmm. I like felt like I never really got an opportunity to do. Yeah. Um, I never, I mean, maybe at early on I felt the temptation or like not temptation, but like the desire to move to New York. Mm-hmm. But I think like it also became very apparent to me after spending a bunch of time in New York that like I don't want to live in New York. Yeah. It's fucking stressful. It's so stressful. And also like I just like I have an attachment to Toronto that is weird because I don't necessarily think of myself as like a particularly like loyal or like mm-hmm. not nationalist is the word I'm thinking of. I can't think of the the how you would extrapolate that word or apply that word to like a city context. Yeah. What is the word? Is there a word for it? It's going to bother me now. I th- I'm thinking like jingoistic, but that's still not right. That like is talking more about like like high level sort of like yeah. it's more like nationalistic but I know what you mean yeah like I was just I'm not like yeah like I love the you know but it's like anyway that was a weird tangent but um there's stories that I've wanted to tell here like for years that mm-hmm. I've just like never seen um or heard about and there are people here that I know are like doing excellent things many of whom are like my friends or people who I've um like just seen kind of like grow and evolve over the years mm-hmm. and I keep seeing their story I kept seeing their stories like being kind of shut out and I was yep. like there's so much interesting stuff happening here and it's literally it felt untapped I think that's changed now and I think I mean here's like where like my cynical side comes mm-hmm. in which is like I think like in the past like year or so like media organizations um and people who who hold the purse whether it's, like, uh, brands or whether it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people who control operations within a media organization have realized that, like, <laughs> that they can make money off diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's been, like, a lot of, like, playing of catch-up in the last yes. year. Um, and it feels, like, really obvious. Um, and I still think that it focuses on very specific people and very specific kinds of stories and there's still a lot of like work to be done um so i don't remember what your original question is but i feel like it's like it's just like yeah like i was like there's there's stuff here um and this job is an opportunity for me to like tell those stories and like kind of like bring that stuff to light yeah cuz i think so i kind of have like a twofold question maybe it's not even really question so a thing that I've always like super respected about you is that you've been doing the writing thing and like sort of making a name for yourself and like writing and whatnot for like a long time like a good chunk of time and I've always like to me it's cool that you do what you do and you like pull up people 
and you amplify voices that, like, again, were for a really long time ignored by mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And I think that you do that, like, still, even in this time we were, like, talking about, because, yeah, I do think that, like, people are, now that it's easy to get called out for, like, not having mm-hmm. a sort of, like, not making way for, like, diverse or, like, marginalized voices, and people are doing it in sort of a very obvious, like, showboaty way. I think that the way you do it is, like, very thoughtful and, like, kind. Mm-hmm. And I wonder... Did you have someone do that for you, like, when you were coming up? Or is that you just, were you just, like, as a mindset, it was, like, when I get here, like, this is the thing that I'm going to do? Well, I don't know if it's, like, a weird thing to put out there, but it's, like, when I started this, I I saw writing as a means to an end. And at that time, the end was where I'm at now, mm-hmm. which is to be in, like, to be an editor or, like, mm-hmm. to be in some kind of position where I could help shape stories and shape mm-hmm. content. Um, so it wasn't my goal to like be a writer. And, um, I think that sometimes surprises people because I've been doing it for so long, but the only reason I was doing it for so long was because I couldn't get the job that I wanted. Right. (laughs) Um, and I was like, well, but this is the only way, like, I didn't know how else to, to do that. And I knew that I really wanted it. So that intention, that impulse has, I think, always been there, um, whether it's through my writing. Um, but yeah, like I wanted the job because I was like, I want to like, help other people like be writers or be photographers or um you know get get their story out there yeah I don't know where that came from though I mean I don't know I I often attribute it to like growing up in Brampton um which is like really multicultural in like a very at least when I was growing up I think now it's like super black super brown and then like a bunch of like other people but Mm -hmm. when I was growing up it was like you know, like, uh, it's, a, the, it's a small world, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm from, like, Armenia. I'm from Tajikistan. I'm mm-hmm. from China. Like, very, like, uh, there's people from, like, lots of different places, which I'm sure still exist there. But anyway, um, that environment, that, like, world is, like, really normal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, why is this, like, not normal, like, outside? Like, I couldn't, I don't think I could understand it then, and I still don't understand it now because mm-hmm. it, didn't seem to me like my community was like any less Canadian or any less innovative or smart or creative. And and I kept seeing both in Brampton and then when I moved to Toronto, like I kept seeing like these people who are part of my different like scenes and worlds um, sit like on the margins, even Mm -hmm. though it was like they're doing the best shit and like whatever they're doing is like being like copied Mm -hmm. or baited by someone with, like, more power in whatever way you want to define power. But, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I, like, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it uh, articulate it like that 10 years ago. Yeah. But but I know that feeling was was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never, I never became a writer because I, like, wanted to write. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is, like... <laughs> I've never said that out loud. <laughs> That's weird, but, like, also... I just knew I was good at writing. Yeah. You know, like, I was, like, naturally good at it, you Mm -hmm. know? Obviously, I I have seen myself get better, and I I often still feel like I have a ways to go. But just, you know, on, on like, a very basic level, it was, like, I can put a sentence together and whatever. I mean, for sure, I think having, like, writing experience makes sense. But, like, also sometimes people are just good editors. Sometimes people are just Mm -hmm. good... Mm -hmm. 
high level storytellers mm-hmm. are good at bringing that kind of stuff together. So I think it was um, Tanahasi Coates when we talked to him for the Hazlitt podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it was him. I might be mistaken. I'm pretty sure, or maybe maybe it wasn't for the podcast, but I'm pretty sure he told he said that like he sometimes would struggle with like the actual act of writing, but it's like his his ideas and his like dogged pursuit of like mm-hmm. answers or the truth or whatever that is like what makes him like a good journalist or a good mm-hmm. writer or essayist, cultural critic, whatever you want to call him. But um, yeah, I think that there are different like skill sets you can bring to like the act of being like a writer or or, yeah. or the practice of being an editor and stuff like that, you know. Um, but I mean. You should know how to write. Yeah. (laughs) I think Toronto is such a weird place. I've lived here for mm, going on seven years now, Mm -hmm. but, like, I'm not from here. Mm -hmm. And I have this, like, theory that people who aren't originally from here are, like, for some reason more protective over Toronto than, like, people who grew up here. Like, people who grew up here always have these, like, very thoughtful critiques of, like, specifically what is wrong with the city and, like, Mm. what the barriers to entrance in, like, especially in, like, the sort of cultural, like, media side of things are. Uh, Like, what makes Toronto boring? Like, what makes the infrastructure shitty? And, like, I just always find that the critiques of those very thoughtful critiques of the city are, like, it's just, like, people who moved here, like, five years ago being, like, how dare you? Like, Drake. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, like, interesting that Toronto or, like, what Toronto is perceived to be now, like, inspires this kind of weird devotion that, like, it for sure was not inspiring ten years ago. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting things. The first thing I want to say, like, you bring up, Drake, I want to go back to, like, what you said earlier, which is, um, you know, like, we were talking about, like, how, like, in the last little while, it seems like it seems it, it, people are getting called out if mm-hmm. they're not, like, bringing diverse voices into the fold. Mm-hmm. I also think that, like, within a specifically Canadian context, um, people are like, oh, shit, Drake's cool. Well, mm-hmm. I guess, like, now we can talk about hip hop or, like, now we can have, like, a rapper on a radio show, yeah. like the like observing like that belated reaction is like has been like super like I offensive you know what I mean like yes and like I'm supposed to feel like not just me you know like all of the people who have been here for years we're supposed to just like stand back and be like grateful for it and like often these stories are still being told by people have no fucking clue what they're talking about Mm -hmm. like it's just I mean I'm 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 happy I just hope that that it's a lasting shift and that it 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 lifts up and like makes more opportunities for like lots of different people and mm-hmm. not just like Drake or like dudes or like guys who sound like Drake. Yeah. That there are like different kinds of artists who excuse me, who fall under the umbrella of like hip hop and R and B um who can benefit from yeah. from that. Because if 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 that doesn't happen then like then we're, like, fucked, you know what yeah. I mean? Then we've taken this kind of, like, what seems to be kind of, like, a moment that we have to, like, have something, like, shift shift yeah. and be, like, interesting and have this, like, next level. It's, it would seem like we'd almost wasted it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And wasted it for something dumb, like, clickbait over, yeah, like, Drake. Clickbait and, or, like, to seem down or, yeah. like, 
Yeah. North by Northeast this year and like the I mean if you don't want to go on record talking shit about this yeah, like it's like not even worth talking about I know but know? it was like one of those things where they were like oh yeah like look at all this local talent we have and it was like you looked at the lineup and you were like do you have anyone that works for you that like knows anything about what's going on here or yeah. or did someone else just tell you read someone else said that shit was popping off and then you were like yes and then booked against that grain like yeah it I mean, there was a lot of things about the festival. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize it happened. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I think I think that thing that you're speaking of speaks to, like, just, like, tons of issues, like, within the, the execution of the event itself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do think about that, but when I think about that stuff, it, like, pales in comparison to, like, why did I have to go to the Portlands and, like, stand in an asphalt parking lot <sighs> yeah. and, like... Like, that stuff is, like, way more annoying to me. Yeah. Because North Bay Northeast has, like, always actually been really fun. Yeah, man. When I used to, like, like 10 years ago when I would come to the city to go to North Bay Northeast, (laughs) it was, like, yeah, right? I mean, (laughs) it was a time. Um, It was, like, cool. Like, I would get a wristband and you'd go to different bars and, like... It was just, like, it seemed like the coolest, most low-key sort of thing. Like, when I was, I'm, like, you know, I still am a bit of a hick, but, like, when Mm -hmm. I was, like thinking about like dreaming about moving to Toronto I was like yo this is so it was one of the things that I was like yeah this doesn't happen where I live yeah 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 and they really took the spirit of that and just drove it into the ground <laughs> I mean yeah well we didn't talk about the the tor- I totally didn't answer your question I just went back to the tangent your oh. criticisms of Toronto thing yes not to derail you no 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 I'm like we Sorry, can totally t- talk about that t- take it back to my question that I yeah let's <laughs> God, you know I love to talk shit on you, but <laughs> um, yeah. Like, do you do you feel that way? Do you sometimes feel like, because even some, as someone who like did had didn't grow up here, like I see people coming in to defend, and I was just like, what? This isn't even yours to be mad about in a weird way. I think like this happens everywhere, right? Like, I'm sure the exact same thing is happening in New York mm-hmm. and in London and in yeah. you know Paris, like in every like big city, like. And yeah, you're right. Like, what what are you protecting? And I don't necessarily care too much about the ownership thing because I think that's just like a weird yeah can be a weird argument to, yes. to make. Um, if you live here, okay, fine, you live here. But it's like at least just know what you're talking about. Yeah, a little bit. So I think the thing that people feel protective about Toronto isn't actually a Toronto thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think the aspects of culture that people feel protective about here are, like, present in New York and mm-hmm. in London and in Paris. It's just, like, commodified youth culture. Yeah. So, like, you think Toronto's cool because, like, you can go to, like, a bar um, that, like, opened last year. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah. you know, you think Toronto's cool because every so often, like, Travis Scott or Kanye West or Rihanna will come through and do, mm-hmm. like, a big show. Or, yeah. I mean, I obviously I'm sure there are people... I'm generalizing. Yeah. I'm very yeah. much generalizing. But, like, usually when I see those arguments being made, it's not be- it's not being made in defense of, I don't know, like, our something that would feel, like, specifically unique to Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always about, like, the, the cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, it's not actually that cool because you can, like, go do this in another city and it would probably actually be way better than it, <laughs> than it is here, you know? I feel like I do get really protective over Toronto, but I get protective over... Yeah, I get protective over people getting, like, things, like, really wrong about the city. Yeah. So, like, um, 
you know, people people are very quick to – I think one of the things that people feel real proud about when they talk about Toronto and they're trying to be protective about Toronto is they're like, it's diverse. I'm like – sometimes I'm like, well – but how diverse is your friend group actually? Yeah. And like, what do you know about diversity except for the fact that you like get a roti like once every month? <laughs> um, or like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's it's such an easy thing to say, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know how many people actually have like access to that diversity yes. or not not have access um, who have attempted yes. to access the city's real diversity. You yeah. Know? Um, and increasingly, I think like, I think that that's, like, being, like, wiped out of, like, the downtown core. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, well, they're making it so, like, a very specific group of people can afford to live in the downtown core. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's not even, like, it's driving out, like, young people who make, like, a decent amount of, like, eventually I won't be able to, I yeah. don't even live in the downtown core, and eventually I won't even be able to afford yeah. to live where I live. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those, like, it's a weird sort of thing Mm -hmm. but yeah it's like a pattern that's happening in big cities yes so that's why like when I talk about this stuff and I love talking about this Mm -hmm. all the time but it's just like yeah like it's it's not even a Toronto thing right it's like a capitalism thing I suppose Do you feel like we're about to get our wave of essays about people like, you know, people love to write essays about why they left New York. Ooh. Do you think we're going to come up on our like, I had to leave Toronto and go to Hamilton or the Bush or something? Well, I, there was like a, a whole iWeekly cover package or something, wasn't there? Like a couple years ago about moving to Hamilton. Or maybe it was the grid. Something like that. Like one alt weekly had like a big cover story about like moving to Hamilton. Yeah, let's all take our guitars and move to Hamilton. <laughs> You know, I went for a festival, or not a festival. Yo, I love Hamilton. <laughs> uh, I went there to see, like, Caribou and Jamie mm-hmm. XX last year, mm-hmm. um, which we did because I was like, I don't want to go, like, like to this indoor venue or, like, a bunch of douchebags are going to punch me in the face because they're drunk. Mm-hmm. Let me just, like, go chill in Hamilton yeah. and watch Caribou by, like, the river, the yeah. lake, whatever it is there. Yeah. I think it's a river that it was on, the it's, venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was super chill and super nice, but I was like, I would probably also lose my mind here. You yeah. Know? Like, what else really is there? It's nice. I always, I started out hating it. I dated a guy from Hamilton for a really long time, and I really started out hating Hamilton. Then I really grew to love it. I've never found better Sicilian cannolis in Toronto than I have in Hamilton. I would always, move somewhere for a cannoli. Yeah, they're always dried out as hell here, <laughs> and you go, there's a, if you're ever in Hamilton, it's a bakery on the mountain called Sweet Paradise. Mm. That's the plug. That's the uh, Sicilian cannoli plug. I honestly feel, though, that you should be more aggressive in your cannoli search because there are probably many Italians who are, like, offended that yeah. you just said that. Are you an Italian in Toronto who thinks I'm wrong? Please. Oh, yeah, yeah. At me on Twitter. Mail me a fucking cannoli. Like, <laughs> can I get a cannoli sponsorship? <laughs> Don't mail it. Courier it. <laughs> yeah. Please. Can you get a Foodora truck yes. over here? Foodora. Whatever, whatever terrible business Ritual. name. Ritual. Yeah. Yeah. God, you know, I fucking hate Ritual. Can I say? I have not used it. I'm like, I have too many apps on my phone. I've Food never, apps. I've never used it because I get mad when I go into a place, when I bring my physical body into a place and I line up, and then there's all these people who just butt in front of me to get their food. It's like, the system is not worked out properly so that each side gets equal attention. Anyways, who invented Ritual? I want to fight you. Also, like, take your lunch at one thirty, and then there won't be a line. Yeah, right? That is 
<laughs> take a break. Step away from the computer. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. You don't need to eat through your lunch. You get that hour for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I eat through my lunch. But, like, you know, I'll, like, or, take a step away at least. Yeah. You got to, like... I always... We are against eye strain. Yeah. Listen, I love to take all the breaks I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here taking my breaks, taking my full hour of the day that I do not... Uh, Which is why we're recording this podcast before the end of the workday. Yeah. Well, actually, I worked eight to four today because oh. I love capitalism oh, or something. Okay. Uh, um, well, you know, you got that no, long... you're a responsible employee. That's all. And you got that long weekend, like, email pile up because, oh, like, yeah. everyone I deal with is in America and they were like, um... Where are you? If we don't have a long weekend, then you don't have a long weekend. I was like, no. <laughs> okay, well, I'll answer your email tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I got a little bit of a salty email from a guy being like, can I get an ETA on this? And I was like, sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Was there ever a time in your life where you were like, for sure, I'll be in New York in like a couple years? Probably. Like the first time I watched Sex in the City when I was like <laughs> 16 or whatever yeah. came out, you know? Um, but yeah, no. I I was really lucky to have um, friends who moved to New York um, when we were young. And so like not super young, but like during college, after university, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and so I would go visit them and it would be like great, but I think it like totally burst that bubble yeah. for me real quick. Cause I was like, it stinks. Yeah. Uh, the subway's hot. Oh yeah. It takes forever to get everywhere. I'm always tired. Like yeah, you can't just walk in. Like you can, but I find in Toronto, you can walk from like a weird part of the city. You can have yeah. a pleasant walk yeah. in Toronto. In New York, you'd be like pushing people or yeah. being pushed or like yeah. someone's yelling at you or like the car honking in your face. Yeah. It's like, here, you can put on your podcast. Yeah, this podcast. Yeah, I was just going to (laughs) say this podcast. And stroll from one end of the city to the other, and it's, like, nice and pleasant. Yeah. And you feel relaxed. Yeah. Walking should be a relaxing activity. I think so. I feel very strongly about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I never wanted to go to New York. And even now, like, every time I go, I just come back, and I'm, like, like, I just feel, like, so stressed out. I come back, and it's funny, because, like, I grew up in a town of 2,500 people, like, I grew up in a town of no one, essentially. And, like, I come every time I come back to Toronto from New York, I'm like, oh, the beautiful small town that I live in. Mm-hmm. How wonderful. The air, like, the air smells great. My skin feels amazing. And it's like, that's really not, like, the air is not good no, here. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not that good. But, like, going to New York really, like, fuck, I remember when I was there last August and it was so hot and I came back and I was like, oh, sweet, beautiful Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> You're just as I left you. Yeah. Also, as a comedian, people always are like, do you want to move to L.A. or New York? And I'm like, neither. <laughs> do not want to live. to California. I would move to California. Even though it's going to, like, sink into the ocean yeah, soon, apparently. that's ideal, honestly. You're right, actually. Sink me ideal. right into the ocean. It is ideal. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd rather me. just, like, die in a big natural <laughs> catastrophe than, like, know it's coming or, yeah. you know? Yeah. Get me in that. Just Listen, just, if I'm living in California, I'm going to be, and it sinks, I'm sure... That I will be going out on a high note. Yeah. Because if I'm living in, in California, like, shit's got to be good. Yeah, slamming some kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing a... Fuck. Doing Slamming some, the kombucha. Slamming some kombucha. Doing some Pilates. Just living the dream. You just described my life here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, I drink kombucha and I Yeah, it's good for Pilates. your tummy. <laughs> it's good for your tummy. It is. I always have to find that... Can you... 
Can you drink straight kombucha? Because I always get the stuff that's like, oh, we mix it with tea and some ginger so it doesn't taste like ass. I never drink straight kombucha. I want to. But I do try and get the ones with like the least amount of added sugar yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. I once had some straight from a... you might as well be drinking apple cider vinegar, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Just right? Disgusting. I had some straight from a guy, a hippie at a farmer's market in the junction once, and I was like, the fuck is... Apple cider vinegar or kombucha? No, like straight kombucha. Yeah. was like, oh, it's fresh from my scoby or whatever. I was like, <laughs> I hate everything I hate about that word. this. Yeah. Scoby. And it looks... It looks like placenta. Yeah, right? it looks like a tiny creature. Yeah, it's yeah. like the... I mean... Okay. No thank you to that. Like... Thank God for the people who bottle it with, like, green tea or whatever and make it palatable yeah, for the rest of us. Public service. Yeah. It truly is. <laughs> I think you should get a kombucha sponsorship for this one. <laughs> Maybe that fucking hippie from the Junction <laughs> Farmer's Market is listening right now, and he wants to mix some tea. Not with a fucking hippie, kombucha. a dear, sweet hippie. Yeah, dear, sweet <laughs> hippie. I don't think he had white dreads, so, you know, we're already on a... That's good. We're already on the up and up with yep. that guy, so... Yeah, white treads shall not prosper. That's my this pod, this podcast is opposite sponsored of by white treads. Do you know what I mean? We're like we're negatively sponsoring white treads. If you have white treads, I would love if you cut them off. That's just a PSA. As a white person, it's one of it's one of the things I can do. It's, Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna say because I don't want to say it because yeah, go. it's gonna sound different when I say it. I go back and talk to my people about white treads all the time. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Also because it's gross and I don't like it. <laughs> Have you got good makeup recently? You do a good, you do a good like color pop orders. Well, let me start this by recounting a traumatic experience, which is last week when I was flying back from Barcelona, I got my connection at Newark Airport got canceled, and long story short, my luggage got left in Newark, including my makeup bag. No, and like, it took three days for my bag to arrive in Toronto and those three days like I was like a creature living <laughs> in my house like, <laughs> I just felt so exposed and vulnerable and I was like I was also being really cheap and I was like not willing to like go out and replace a whole makeup bag well replacing the whole thing is fucking expensive it's really expensive and also I didn't want to go outside without makeup so it's like I feel really trapped Real right catch now 22 I feel yeah. so trapped right now I was so blessed to like be able to work from home because yeah. I was like thank god so the good thing was I didn't have to replace my makeup bag. There is – what is my new favorite thing? So I do think that one of my prized makeup possessions is my Bobbi Brown Shimmer Brick. Mm-hmm. I know it's a prized possession because I was like – some deep down part of me was like, don't pack this in your luggage, and I put it in my carry-on. <laughs> wow. Yes. I was smart because I was like, this thing costs you fucking $65. Yeah. It's an expensive highlighter. And yeah. it's Great, so don't lose it. Do not let the airport yeah. <laughs> guys fucking whip it around in your bag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. If they if they cracked the brick, I would have lost it. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you're, like, makeup powder brick. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sad. Um, I also have to say that I have um, fallen in love with the Kat Von D lipsticks, liquid lip. I don't know what they're called, the, but they're, like, the liquid lipstick range that she has. Um, and the colors are so good, and I've never found better. Not n- I guess like nude would probably be like the 
umbrella term mm-hmm. for it, but yeah, just like more like neutral skin tony, yeah. uh, complimentary colors. I've never found like better ones, and the formula is nice, and they like, um, they don't like dry out your lips and it stays on. Yeah, because I find a lot of the times when you get the lipsticks that are supposed to like stay on for a long ass time, you're like, oh, it immediately it feels like you've painted something like horrible onto your lips. And that is not, like, having weird, not even dry lips, but that, like, feeling of, like, where yeah. they're not even, like, a little bit moist is, like, a very weird It is a weird sensation. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I find a lot of matte lipsticks are like that. Yeah, they are. That's, like, the chemicals that are yeah. used to make it not <laughs> fucking budge from your lips. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm sure, like, to some people it feels probably uncomfortable. I just, yeah. like, don't really notice too much. I was, like, super into the Stila liquid lipsticks before. Yeah. But now I think, like, the color range of the Kat Von D is where it's at. Also, yeah. the Stila ones were really hard to find, and these ones are yeah. just good to Sephora. Yeah, the, she has all her shit at I Sephora. Have three, I have three colors from there, which is a lot for me. I'm usually not, like, I'm not a super lipstick person, mm-hmm. and I'm not faithful to, like, brands yeah. outside of like base makeup stuff so yeah. so yeah, lipsticks. three lipsticks from Kat Von D of yeah. all people yeah kind of a trash human but you know make oh, yeah. oh my god no <laughs> why did you tell me now I can't well use she's these? not I mean she's not like Jeffree Star trash but she was married to that guy who's like uh, that Jesse Williams guy yeah. the like white he's like a white Sandra Bullock sure. she stole Sandra Bullock's man didn't yeah. she yes and like why are the well, like uh, first of all well I shouldn't put B. it on the woman I mean mm-hmm. this man obviously played he's a trash, role in it yeah. yes yeah, yeah um Sandy B you deserve so much more Kat Von D maybe you deserve so much more I don't know but like it's a weird love triangle yeah when she called out Jeffree Star recently I was like where were you the whole time he's been a piece of shit like wait Jeffree Star is the makeup guy right yeah Yeah, and he's the guy that's like just said some wildly racist shit and like I don't know I was talking to I think it was Kai Rowell who was like telling me that if you like know anyone who's been on like Live Journal or like Tumblr, like from time, it's just like he's like known. He's like everyone's like, oh yeah, that guy's like a huge piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, fucking makeup feuds. Guys who are huge pieces of shit, get in the head. <laughs> Kel Sabrina, yeah. you know what I mean? What a fucking <laughs> surprise! I'm so shocked, honestly, that some like white guy who's like a piece of trash got so far ahead in the makeup in the game. makeup industry. So shocking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're still good on Kat Von D. Like, I don't think she's, like, I'm going to have to trash. go home and do some yeah, research on this. Research. I'm to really add sorry. it to the list of things that I've boycotted. Yeah, god damn it's it. It's a deep list, actually. Yeah, I know. Capitalism and people being pieces of shit is, like, difficult. It's, like, difficult to reconcile all that. Yeah. Like, I really don't listen to R. Kelly anymore. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, you're just talking about teenage girls. That's- yeah. There are definite businesses that I, like, don't yeah. frequent. Yep. I mean, and people get mad. They're like, well, like, that's everything. And I'm like, that doesn't mean that, like, if you find something out, you can still default to being, like, a lazy consumer. And yeah. just being like, well, it's easy. It's like, Because no. then it's those same people that are always like, well, like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. It's like, well, that's just capitalism, but also, like. You gotta play to win or whatever. You know what I mean? Who you gotta are you like doing an impression of. Right? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Damn, I was hoping for a name. I was really hoping for a name. Shit. My impressions like run the range from just like dopey person who like shakes their shoulders a lot to like high pinch, like I'm doing an impression of myself. This is like mm. the impression I do of myself. Because oh, okay. that's how I think I sound. Anyways. 
Well, the Real final t- word on uh, boycotting yeah. things is fuck United Airlines. Yeah, I was going to say, was were you going off on Twitter about United because of your yes. lost luggage? Yeah, fuck United Airlines. We don't want your money. Um, I've decided, do I don't know. I've decided <laughs> that the best revenge I can get for United Airlines is like anytime I do like some kind of live radio or mm-hmm. TV thing. Yeah. At the end, I'll just be like, and fuck United Airlines. <laughs> And I I plan on doing it. I definitely I'm, plan on doing it. Is this it. this is the first one? This is the first one. This one Honestly, isn't live, but I know you'll yeah. keep it in. Well, yep. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for standing real, with me. Real recognize real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Honestly, honored to be the first fuck united of your soon to be lengthy fuck united career. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so mainly I really appreciate you coming through, man. Thanks, Lauren. It was nice to sit and chat. And eat Timbits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Let's get that to more sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, thank you again so much to Anupa Mystery for coming through. Uh, always good to talk to Anupa. Wonderful woman. Cavern of Secrets is, as per usual, brought to you by Hazlitt. It is hosted by me, Laura Mitchell. Our theme song was made by Bianca Giulione. It is produced by my dear friend and all-around wonderful human, Unchman Itamsetti. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on literally every place where podcasts exist. That is where we are. So come check us out. You can also find us on our website, cavernofsecrets.com. Dot com, dot com, dot com. Uh, you can and should follow us on Twitter. We are at Cavern of Secrets. If you've gotten all the way to this point in the podcast, congrats, you're an amazing person. Um, and I just wanted to, for a quick minute, I know I'm always asking you to rate us and give us a little review on iTunes. So shout out to you guys for doing any of that. It's so nice. Uh, but it would also be cool if you could mosey on over to nowmagazine.com they have a reader's choice poll going on right now and if you could throw us a vote for best podcast in the city of Tirana that would be amazing I think that we're one of the best podcasts on the list if not the best so shout out to me shout out to Anjuman (laughs) shout out to all of our guests because I think it's like good ass content that if you appreciate what we do you could just slap that motherfucking like button you know what i mean smash it smash that motherfucking like button it's voting hours uh you can vote till september so you know all right thank you so much peace